Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 14. Yes, you heard it right, episode 14. I'll keep saying this, it just, it gives me a headache once we get over 10, so I like to acknowledge it. Um, this is the last normal episode, um, because as you can tell, it's falling apart already. There's things squeaking in the background, there's there's noises, there's, there's, there's lots of things going on. Jack Benyon fortunately managed to find his way home uh, and is now in modern day Manchester. Hello, Jack Benyon. Hello, some very efficient, what I can only presume are keeled tools going on in the background there, which is quite interesting. Well, there was, there was, there's definitely been some screwing. So let's just, let's just go there. And uh, I suppose at this point we should bring in my other co-host, Brian Champion. I recognise that name. Too. Hello, Tony Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there was another voice there who quite rightly um, could cut straight across your Ryan champion because we're also joined by um, what's your what's the best way of describing Matt Cotton other than the fact that he's the most Harry Hill looking like person in rallying legend I'll leave that oh Jack Benyon saved me at the last minute Matt Cotton love it <clears throat> Matt Cotton twice my teammate in years gone by uh, now media mogul stage M man and the man who who, who, who literally shrank in every sense of the word, with cold <laughs> in front of the camera on the RAC uh, doing stage end. And I thought it would be quite good to get you on. So, Matt Cotton, welcome back to Absolute Rally. It's been ages. Bless you, guys. It's great to be back. It has been a while. I think last time I was on, we were talking sort of BRC or something like that. Well, what's that all about? Nice to, what, what's to that? Ha- yeah, I know. What's I know. that all that's about? A, that's a whole other podcast. That's that a whole other podcast. Nice to talk about something a bit different. Yeah. I was going to talk about something. Well, Obviously, we had Ryan Champion. Sorry, Ryan is there as well. Hello, Ryan Champion. Hello, hello. You, I'm, you? I'm just, I'm just watching Andy Brown, Tuttle team manager, eat a sandwich, and he'll be listening to this in, uh, in a few days' time. So he doesn't know I'm watching him eat a sandwich, but that's what's happening. What's on the live what, 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 What's on the sandwich? I can't really see what sandwich he's got. But he's, well, why don't he's reading? He's reading to this. It looks. Like a cheese and ham, and he's shout, reading shout across he's to him, right? Shout across to him. This will freak him out. Shout across to him. What's on that sandwich? And then when he listens to this back next week, he'll hear himself <laughs> saying what sandwich he's got. Come on, right? Play the game. Just shout well, him. Come on. I, I'm gonna have to go. I'd have to go next door, and it get complicated. I have to go through doors to do that. Do you really want me to do that? It just, just for shit right. and giggles. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. I do. All right, I'm going. Yeah, I All like right. a bit of mischief. Right. The Andy Brown, can you tell us what's in that sandwich? sandwich? Yeah. Bacon and egg, mayo and bacon, why? Oh, that's good. Did, did you hear that? Bacon, yeah. egg and mayo. Yeah, yeah. He's wondering why. No, that's fine. It's fine. Just tell me he doesn't need to know. Just just, just, just say Gemma wanted to know what he was having. I don't know. Just make it up, right? Come on. Could be, it could be a regular segment. He has no idea what's going on. This could be a regular segment, couldn't it? What, what's on your sandwich in rallying? What do people What do people eat before they rally? Well, I mean, we've we've done coffees and we've done juice. So yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah, hang on a minute. Just before, sandwich, just before we go any further, before Matt joined us, Jack was just telling me and Ryan what he's drinking at the moment. Jack, tell our listeners what you're drinking at the moment. Well, I've ditched the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> after all after all of the hate mail <laughs> and death threats that I received following the podcast. So I've gone to a, an apple, kiwi, pineapple, and spirulina smoothie. The, that I thought, I thought I'd heard pretentiousness in drinks in this podcast, but clearly now we're at a whole different level of pretentiousness. I'm just a parody of myself at this point, aren't I? Really? You are. You you are a cartoon version of Jack Benyon. Yeah, a caricature Benyon. <laughs> um, uh, I suppose we should probably do something about rallying as opposed to people's diets and and and. and what the drinking uh, really? I suppose that would be quite helpful. Matt, for... Matt Cotton should know better than to come onto this podcast and talk about rallying. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I have heard this podcast, so it, I was well prepared. Right, you, 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 you were well prepared. Um, I wanted, that, you know, in all seriousness, I wanted to do a bit of role reversal here because Matt, you've been asked, you've been asking drivers and co-drivers and everybody else lots of questions uh, about the REC during the course of the REC. Now we've got the winning and gisk driver his co-driver isn't he? he did have a co-driver just in case you're wondering craig thorny congratulations again uh big up craig um respect respect <laughs> is due craig biggest medal due yeah absolutely absolutely um i don't uh, i don't think we, we we forgot to mention him last week didn't we i know so i'm glad I, you got it in this yeah week. no it's it's important it's important what would you like to ask matt cotton ryan champion 
Um, just, just how cold did your fingers get, Matt Cotton? They were broken. <laughs> Promise you, they were absolutely broken. I, I, I've never felt anything like it. I mean, God knows what it must have been like for you guys to drive that. I think it was Falstone, the second pass of Falstone on the RAC. I, I just, it, my thumbs almost locked in place around the microphone. So like uh, Bex, the, the very able and, and far prettier camera woman, um, had to literally lift the microphone out between my hands because my thumb had almost locked in place. How brutal was that? It was insane. Was that was that more Bex wanting to actually have a have have a go at kind of being camera side? And you said you will have to prize this microphone from my cold cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> was that more, more likely say, to be the story? Some might say she would do a much better job, and they'd probably be right. To be fair, no more more, right. more more than able more than able. But uh, right in all in all seriousness, obviously we, we we didn't get too much into some of the other bits and pieces that went on. We 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 patted you on the back and uh, and everything else. Out of some of the stages, obviously that probably Matt would have been covering. And what we didn't talk about last week, maybe is 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 some of the perhaps longer days and some of the tougher days for for for, for everybody. So I wanted to kind of bring bring. Matt in as well for that. Um, Matt, just on the long, yeah, you know, I think there was one day, what was it, 110 miles? Was that the Saturday or did I imagine that was yeah. like Friday? Yeah, no, day, day two. Yeah, so that would have been Friday. So that was, um, yeah, 105, just over 105 miles in, in Kielda, basically, on the well, Friday, yeah. One of the things I asked Ryan last week was how, how prepared were you for the RAC before you did the RAC? And I'd quite like to ask the same question to you. How prepared for the RAC, Matt, were you before you did the RAC in retrospective looking back now? Uh, good question. I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of been part of the event since its inception, really. So I was around at the, at the beginning in 2004, and I missed a couple of years in the middle just due to personal circumstances, but sort of came back doing the live um, in sort of a few years ago. Uh, and so I could sort of say that I was an experienced Roger Albert Clark part of the team, I guess. But every single time it happens, it always surprises you. You are never prepared for the Roger Albert Clark, no matter how prepared you think you are, no matter mentally. And, and you know, it, it, I don't say this lightly, but even physically, because as it's it's a lot harder for the likes of Ryan and, and the guys competing, but from an organisational point of view and from the team involved in in getting the the rally running and the the hours that they do, you know, from a, a mentally and physically point of view, it just creeps right up on you and just smacks you around the back of the head after about day one. So, <laughs> answer to that, not very. Did if you, I'm honest, and did, I don't think many of us are. Did you need a Tony team talk like Ryan had to have on the Thursday night? Is that what you're saying? I need, I needed a Tony hug. Actually, oh, <laughs> I remember yeah, those days. That we were special teammates, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, very special. But we don't talk about that. <laughs> but no, look, it just, it, it, it is. It's, it's. I think I use this word far too much over the course of the five days. But brutal is is the only way that I can describe it and that goes for every single day it's it's not just and when you you have to stitch five of them together uh it's just it's like nothing else it really isn't right you obviously you you listen to that obviously as 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 matt said you you were you were in the car uh and we talked about your your preparation for, for it last week but uh, i suppose where i'm going now you've had a week to kind of reflect on it and everything else where are you at a week later? We're kind of looking back on it. Um, where am I at a week later? I'm at Sweetland. <laughs> <laughs> driving the said Porsche, ironically. <laughs> driving, driving the same car in the same conditions because it's sleet, snow, driving rain. Um, so it all, all feels quite familiar. Um, and I guess in some ways it, it's like... It, it, the, but this is back to normal for me, so it's like all that uh, is a, a sort of strange, a strange memory. Did that all happen? And it's, it's still about as surreal as it was at the time. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously, fantastic to, to an achievement. But I, I just think um, the whole rally was an achievement. Everybody involved in it, 
to, to run that event with with everything not only that's that's going on with the pandemic but in the conditions and you know it, it's uh, as we all know organizing a rally is a thankless task marshalling on a rally is a thankless task and just everybody behind that event puts uh, you know massive effort into it and, and there's probably a lot of unsung heroes really to, to put on that event and uh, you know i think regardless of of how you do on 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 that event or what job you're doing i mean you know the likes of matt and bex did a fantastic job covering it and and i just think there's a lot of effort goes into it for what is really uh, an amateur event um, but a, a special one to be part of what what's interesting jack and i want to bring you in here at this point as well is that i've spoke about this event quite a lot over this last week for various reasons one because i am going to do it First and foremost, it's been quite a, uh, it's been a topic of conversation for, for the past week with me and various people. But also speaking to people outside, obviously, you know, we were involved with, with Ryan and we were involved with a couple of other drivers as well doing the event, um, uh, you know, through supporting them and things like that. But, um, the, it's, the, the, there's definitely, um, an excitement within the rally community for this, for this event. You're kind of, you, you, you're, you're obviously, you, you, you walk the fine line now between both racing and rallying and, and you know, all over the world and stuff like that. Um, is it still, in the bigger scheme of things, the best kept secret, perhaps, in motorsport or even even in rallying? Well, first off, if you enter the RAC rally in an escort, then I'm going to kill you. No. Nope. Just, we'll just, put, just, just, just putting that out there now. If you, if you put another escort in that event, I will murder you to death. So. Jack, I can quite categorically tell you, right, and I've said this to people before, there's certain things in my life where I say, if I do that, you're allowed to smack me square in the mouth. Very good. Um, and Very one, good. one of them was doing a single venue at the Three Sisters car track. Again, if anybody ever seen me there, you're allowed to punch me square in the mouth. Uh, and the second one now, which I'll add to that, is if you see me in an escort, and I mean a car, by the way, if you see me in an escort, um, yeah, well, well caught up, well done, um, you are allowed to square, punch me square in the mouth. So yes, that's the, you, you, you've got full full caveat there, Jack. To, to, to do it, uh, yeah. just, just 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 to clarify, I do love escorts, but there's just too many of them. So I think uh, I think we need to lower, I think we need to lower the number personally. Well. There you go. Anyway, to answer your question, um, I think yes, it is. Uh, a is very... that a, hu- a humanitarian call? That is it. <laughs> You're, well, you're the expert at the uh, at those kind of jokes these days, Ryan Champion, after last week. So I'll leave that one with you and the, the listeners to decide where, where they want to go with that one. But uh, yeah, uh, to, to answer the question, I think it is a, a big a big uh, uh, secret that's well kept. But um, I think the work that, that Matt has done, especially this year, it seems like there's been a lot of uh, people watching the live feed. I even watched it myself while I was working on a... Um, on on a on a one of the days, I think it might have been the first day or the second day. I did quite a lot of watching of the live stream, and it was really cool to to have that access to the drivers, which you don't always get on a, a kind of national event. Which is, um, you know, obviously one of the things here is blending, you know, uh, an event with very high standard of cars, very high standard of of driver and, and co-driver, but also one that is, as as Ryan said, fundamentally an amateur event. So it's it's a it's a really interesting blend of those two those two things. So yeah, I think it is a well kept secret. I think fundamentally these days, you know, we you know, rallying is struggling to to get those I guess when you say well kept secret, I guess, you know, how do you define that? I think rallying is, you know, it's not on the on the back pages like it used to be and stuff like that. That's not, you know, anything we need to get into particularly deeply because everyone knows that's the that's the way it is but events like this certainly when they um events like this do a very good job of galvanizing the community i don't don't think there was anyone who was sat at home watching the results or or paying attention to what their friends were doing on on facebook or anything like that in the rac and thought i'm not really sure about this event i mean i know we sort of have a little bit of a laugh and a joke about the number of escorts but fundamentally the the event is phenomenal and really sort of harkens back to the to the glory days of of rallying so i think the what i'm getting at is rallying isn't always galvanized and quite often people disagree on where it should be going and what it should be doing what the rules should be doing and all that kind of stuff whereas the rac feels like one of those events that comes along every couple of years and just blows that kind of thing out of the water and brings everyone together which is a, a really nice kind of vibe that it has okay Following on from that, I'm going to come to to, to, to you, Matt. Follow, basically, it's 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 an amateur event in the sense of um, non-professionals. But if anything, um, walk us through it because, as you say, you've been involved with it from pretty much day one. Uh, and I've said this repeatedly on the pod over the last few years that 
rallying at every level to me has gone up. People are doing it better now, whether it's preparation, better cars, you know, people throwing tires on left, right and center, fitness, whatever it may be. Rallying has took a step up. Take us through the timeline of your involvement with the REC to where we find it today um, from where it was. Oh, just bigger. I think I think that's, that's, that's the best way as I can describe it. I think, I mean, I, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I don't know the complete backstory behind it, but I think the idea was conceived by a gentleman called Paul Adams and... Uh, who's no longer with us anymore and uh, part of the DeLacy Motor Club at the time, who are still, I think, sort of uh, the motor club involved with organising the, the rally at the moment. And it was just literally just a, a, to, a, to represent and to hark back to the iconic days of the RAC rally, to the uh, the 70s and 80s, to the, the events that we don't see in the UK anymore. And, and quite clearly, this is, you know, this is, one of them. Uh, 2004, I think, was the first year, as I said before. Um, I've got a couple of stats from that, actually. In 2004, there were 39 entries. Okay, and it, it had something like 260 odd stage miles. I think maybe even a bit, a, a bit less. So it was still a, still a big event. Um, it attracted plenty of names. We had Blomquist, we had Mikola, we had all sorts coming over to do it. And that was just due to the work of, of Paul Adams going out to sell this, this iconic recreation of these, these classic RAC rally, I suppose. Um, there was 22 finishers in the first year. 22 cars cross the finish line. So you can see how small it is. And then in, 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 in 2021, what we, we started 133 cars, I think, and, and had just under a hundred finish. So it, it's just grown massively. And, and in the latter part of uh, the event, it's been taken over by the Heppenstall family. Um, pretty much. And when I say family, I do mean that every single one of them is in, involved in this rally. They're not professionals. Uh, they also run the British Historic Rally Championship, but um, they're not professionals in any way, shape or form. Um, but they have a, a love for the rally like many of us do. Uh, and it's been a challenge this year. They've had to turn it around in five years just due to, uh, sorry, five months just due to COVID implications and, and, and the challenges of getting forestry allocations. And, and I think many of us know that the, the route was changed uh, fairly last minute. Um, so it's it's just grown into this. I had a conversation with somebody and I said, I said, it's a bit of a monster now. And it, and it is, it is, a, it is a secret. And um, for those of us who know about it, you know, it's not a secret in the rallying community. It's, it's wide, widely regarded. There's a lot of people involved in it. Um, to the outside world, yes, perhaps it is a secret, but I kind of think that's part of the charm, actually. I do kind of think that it's just an opportunity for us old buggers, like us for, to, to just Jack's go not and old, just mate. Re- Jack's not old. Trust me. Okay. He's not. <laughs> not drinking smoothies like that. He's not. I've never heard about it's that. Good his, it's good for his complexion. It's good for no. his complexion. Listen, <laughs> Max, just before I let you carry on, right, in all seriousness, our Ryan champion is currently at Sweet Lamb in the winning Porsche, uh, working with Tuttles. Now, he's there, and he's there, obviously, to try and to earn a living, and we, we suppose we should probably let you go at this point, Ryan Champion, because you're on your lunch break. He's gone. <laughs> I knew he, I knew we only had him for a few minutes. That, see, that's what happens. Such now. a prima donna. That's what happens when you're in the RAC rally. You Princess. Start rocking up the what do we call him last week? Princess. That's a mic drop, that is. Princess. <laughs> Princess Ryan has left the building. Um, so there you go. Sorry, Jack, you, were, you wanted to ask something to Matt as well. Yeah, I just, uh, I was really interested in the, I mean, obviously to set the scene a bit, obviously everyone knows how long the rally is and how difficult it is to do from a competitor's point of view, but I'm I'm quite interested in, in what you got to do over the, the course of the event, because in many ways, uh, people will kind of identify with, with what you were doing, kind of jump into the stage ends and, and head into the forest and kind of really following around with a, with a map, I imagine, that... Um, 
that's a lot, a lot of people who listen to Absolute Rally will remember how they spectated on, you know, the original RAC rally back in the day and, you know, doing a lot of the older, uh, kind of rallies in the 60s, 70s and, and 80s. And that's for, for many people, that's obviously the, the kind of, the, the kind of glory days of their spectators. So what was it that, what was that like from your perspective, being able to do that? I'm sure you spectated on uh, a few of those rallies back in the day as well. And, um, yeah, just, I was just kind of interested in that whole, um, you know, diving into the stage ends, packing up the car and moving on quickly to, to catch the cars at the next kind of uh, service hall or, or the next stage. That's always something that always used to be uh, amazing to do on a rally. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like a drug. It Honestly, it is. It's so addictive that because it does invoke memories of the past, it does invoke memories of what you used to do perhaps when you were younger, you used to follow the rallies around. You know, nowadays on a 45-mile single-day forestry rally, uh, you'd be lucky if you get to two locations during the day, won't you? You know, mm-hmm. usually you'll stay in one place, you'll go to one stage and you'll see, see the cars pass twice and, and that'll do you, you know. And this is just totally different. You have your own adventure. It is an adventure for absolutely everybody involved in, in the event. It, it's, you, you just, you have an experience that's like nothing else in, in, in rallying anymore. I guess to a degree you could have done something similar with with Wales Rally GB of, of old, but that was always a, a, a challenge. But now it, it's just that, you know, waking up in the morning at five o'clock thinking, right, okay, I've got a plan today. I know I need to be here. I need to be here. I need to be here. And then you have to navigate your way using maps. We use maps. You know, there's no sat nav stuff for this. The, the, the organizers give us really nice printed maps um, from Bobby Willis and, and, and you're sat there in the car and somebody's driving and you've got to do a transport section or you've got to do a, a section and you go, you know, we did, a, I think, about 10, 15 miles through Kielder Forest to get to the bottom end of Kielder. And it's just it, it's just fantastic. It's great. Whatever your role is, if you're traveling with the event or you're doing anything to do with the event, it's just it just evokes so many memories of the past when you were hauled into the back of a car by your by your family in my case it was my uncle and taken to a stage somewhere you'd pop up you'd you'd watch 30 cars and then you'd drive down the road to another stage and do it again and do it again and do it again it's like nothing else it's so brutal it's grueling it's really hard work but i don't think we ever complain because there's there's just nothing like it there's nothing to compare it to anymore I, um, Matt and I have done GB together. What was it? Five, four or five years ago, Matt? Oh yeah. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, I did it three, three, I think it was three years on the bounce. I did it, but, um, I kind of, I think after the final one, I, I knew I was done with it, uh, in a, in a, in a strange way. Um, but I was up in service, uh, on the Thursday night, in all joking aside, and I was with Ryan, and I had a little wander around service and stuff. And it's it's a it's a massive cliche. It is a, this is just a massive cliche. I'm really aware of what I'm going to say is, but there was something magical about being in service at night, in you know, in uh, on a Thursday, uh, and thought I, I need to be part of this, and I know. I know it's going to be such a roller coaster. I know it's going to be horrible at some point. I know I'm going to go through the pain at some point. But one way or the other, I need to do this rally. And I can't quantify the reasons for having that thought process at all. Mm. Can you? Is there anything mm. you can offer on this? Because you, you, you've lived and breathed it from obviously covering it. Why does somebody with 25 years nearly experience of doing lots of rallies BRC World Championship stuff like that is walk around basically a, a partly deserted service park on a Thursday night thinking there is no way in the world I am not going to do this next time I, I can't quantify it but I know exactly what you mean and that you know and bearing in mind that service park you were walking around you were a, a few feet away from plenty of cow dung and stuff like that you know it it wasn't the most glamorous thing you're not doing it for the glory you wouldn't be doing it for the you know the the media attention because i know we we do the live stuff and and special stage rally review do an awesome rac rally report um every night which is fantastic and you're not doing it for the glory 
but the sense it, it's got to be like just the sense of achievement of knowing that you can tackle an event like that and get to the end and that's part of the reason why we don't really do any in-stage live stuff and, and i said it quite a few times during the event everybody has a story to tell everybody has a very unique story to tell about the trials and tribulations of even getting to the rally um, the trials and tribulations of getting home i think the piddens the guys in in a cortina had learned during the event that they've got to spend three weeks in isolation when they get back to hong kong because they come and done the rac and the, and the rules had changed when they got back but they didn't care didn't yeah. care whatsoever do you know what it's, it's just I think it, you've, it, I think it, you've just nailed it. Like it. I think you've just nailed it. Sorry. And guess what? Princess is back as well. Hi, Ryan Champion. Hello again. Yeah. Hello again. Right. Sorry. You disappeared and came back and we thought you'd gone completely. So, uh, Ryan Champion's back. I did. I don't know whether you heard what I said. I'm here. And I think I've just, I think I've just nailed it, uh, in my head. I basically, I, uh, just in, in short, what I said was, I don't know what made me walk around the service park on Thursday night. Oh, look at that. What's that? What's that noise? Sorry, bit of backdrop. Oh, it's, it's one of those noisy, noisy Porsches. Oh. It's like when you play. It's like when you play Colin McRae Dirt or V Rally or something, and you're waiting to go to the stage, and the car pops up in service, and they've put like the little noises on in the background just to make you feel like you're at home, and you've got something coming up, and it's a bit exciting. Yeah, no, it was. I, it, it, I, I, I was there. That, that really helped with the fact that I was talking about being in service then. But basically, right, what I was saying was, oh, <laughs> just let it happen. He's having you off now. Just let it happen. I know Ryan pointed the phone towards that. It? Yeah, it just had to happen, didn't it? There you go. There's the winning car just going out. I, I, timing's everything. I don't, I don't hear it from outside very often. I don't hear it from outside very often. So. No, you don't. But where I was going was Thursday night, again, I've said this three times now, I still haven't finished it, but um, I walk around service, obviously, you and I were caught up and stuff like that. Um, and I left there knowing full well I, I was going to do that rally next time around. And there was something magical and stuff. And, and Matt has been talking about that. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, obviously fantastic. You won. Um, but, you know, I think there's a massive acknowledgement if you get to the end of that rally, you know, completing the rally and everything else, the satisfaction from, from, from doing that. Um, and Matt was talking about the stories that people go through to actually either do the event or what they go through going home um, after the event. And I think those are the types of stories that, probably used to be such a big part of the original events back in the day because i can remember watching you know whether it be top gear rally report wherever it would have been at the time and they used to have all these sections about you know people turning up with an estate car the rally car on the back and, you know you've got somebody with a camping stove in service you know feeding the crew yeah. and stuff like that that was such a big part and, and to me that always made it look like well i could do that you know seeing yeah. all the big service trucks and barges well that's that's way beyond me but seeing some bloke turn up with an estate car and his mate thinking that always made me think well that's doable yeah do you know what's tied into that as well tony i think the the fact that you can't have everything instantly all the time is is really something that it, you just don't get these days and i think it makes it even more special as that that plays into how special the event is because when we watch wrc we want all live we want the results we want stage end immediately after the the stage you know the drivers have a microphone shoved under the nose as soon as they've just finished the stage and and then they're on to the next one and we're we know everything that's happening almost immediately we've got helicopters filming what's going on in the road sections and all that kind of stuff whereas the rac obviously is a great um as matt mentioned the, the overnight reports and obviously the some of the stage end comments from from various stages but the, the event's just so vast that you can't possibly know everything that's going on uh, you know instantly so in an age where we want to binge watch everything and we're not willing to wait you know until the next monday to watch the next episode of the show it's it's a lot like that and uh, I, that's another thing that really catches me when when it when it kicks off it really uh, uh, I, I love the the trepidation and, and not knowing exactly what's happening um, as, you know, as, it's, as it's going on i think you're right because i don't know whether you've been picking up i don't know whether Right. Have you been watching um, VHS's rallies on on YouTube recently? Right. I haven't. No. Okay. Up with the. Obviously, it's been a busy couple yeah, of weeks. I know, but basically, um, they've been putting the rally reports up from from uh, <laughs> from ninety six. And you just forget. I that. saw. I saw that they've been putting those up. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll be honest. I've dipped into some of those, and just follow on from what Josh just said there. Of course, you waited on those programs. You know, aside from teletext. You know, you just waited on those programs, didn't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned teletext. What, p- page 365 on CFAX that seems to take the full day to update the top 10. And you kept refreshing it to, to see if the top 10 had changed. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It was the stories around the rally that, that you, you just said about, you know, making it seem achievable or making it something you wanted to do. I mean, I remember watching old RSC reports, um, you know, and Tony Mason would always go and dig out the stories and there was um, like uh, Ken Ridley who was a postman, I think, from uh, Newcastle where somewhere up there and you know, and I always remember they did a feature on him or, or even, uh, funnily enough, he were obviously with, with Tuttle's and, and Richard Tuttle doing the rally when he was 17 and he's Beatle or there was the, the, the Trabant, I remember, was a big story on the the, the original RAC one year. Michael and, and like you said, they, they were just a really... Same time as Richard did it in the Beatle. And that's it, isn't it? It's those iconic stories that, that you can't, I mean, I certainly did as a kid. I almost waited for those little stories of, of, of just normal people in, in kind of normal cars to a degree that were just out there just doing it and doing the very best that they could to just try and get to the end. And that's what resonates with me is that there's so many of those kind of people that are out there doing the Roger Albert Clark in, in that way as well. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Um, who was, um, apart from obviously Matt, apart from obviously Ryan Champion, we be, and Craig Thorley, don't forget, um, he, he was co-driving for Ryan, in case you're wondering. Um, so let's not forget Craig. Um, who was your, um, who was your favourite on, on the rally, Matt? What, 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 whether it be a car or a crew or whatever, what kind of hooked you in? What, what was the one that you went looking for? Once you'd kind of seen them or whatever, what was the one thing that you kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to have to keep a special eye on them? I've probably got different driver to car, to be fair. Um, go on, I'll go with drive. I'll go with driver. Obviously, um, I'm completely neutral in all this um, because people do come back to haunt me when, when I say stuff like this. And, and I know it's only in two years' time that Roger Albert Clark, but they'll still come back and say, remember that podcast? Um, so driver for me, uh, Adam Milner, um, for sure. Eighth overall in a 1600 cross slow, putting in stage times that were just immense an absolutely amazing performance for, for for adam young kid as well i don't know how how old he is but i, I can't imagine he's more than sort of 25 or something like that maybe even younger and and just really really impressive performance putting many uh bdas to shame uh car though had to be the rapid fit for uh f2 escort i mean uh <laughs> uh, it had to be. I know we've talked about the Nova, um, you and I be- before, Tony. But but for me, just that S2 Nova, it was just the right era. It was just the kind of time which resonated through all those RAC reports of old and the uh, the early nineties of when that 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 car was at its prime with Gwyndaff in it. And I oh, just it just honestly gave me a little twitch. Won't lie. <laughs> and that's the kind of a, the kind of comment I was looking for the the rapid fit uh, the rapid fit logo uh, livery rather. Um, yeah. Now, one thing you might be able to answer this or not because me and Ryan spoke about that car, and one thing we we both made reference to, or rather Ryan made reference to, because he's he's a lot more anoraki on this stuff than me, was the fact of of trying to keep an extract um, extract gearbox going for a five day RAC rally. Um, yeah. And now I've heard it wasn't running the X-Track um, transmission, or that might, that might be misinformation. Do you know whether it was full full spec or not? I well, I <clears throat> I've read a couple of things, um, probably like most of you have. Um, I, I as far as I know, it was the the real deal and the genuine article, but I didn't get wow. a, sadly, I didn't get a close enough look to uh, to to confirm or deny that but i'm sure there'll be plenty of people out there that will put us right <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh ryan champion do you think we'll see more f2 cars um well it, it'd be nice i mean it'd be nice it's a full 
Oh. Oh, they Escort, Ford Escort RS2000. Yeah. But it was, wasn't it the, it, it was a very early yeah. F2 car. <laughs> I, I meant you said you didn't like Ford Escorts and it's a Ford Escort, but it's obviously yeah. a different Ford Escort. Oh, um, it, it would be great to see. It, it would be great to see more of a mix of cars, wouldn't it? Well, of course it would. And, and, and that's what we'd like to see. And, and yeah, and, and hopefully, you know, the events obviously build it year on year and and i think inherently people want to do it in something different now so yes great to see the start of the front wheel drive cars um you know whether what will happen when more four-wheel drive cars are allowed i'm not sure because do we want it dominated by four-wheel drive cars that's that's a a different subject entirely i mean if somebody turned up with a a pro drive legacy they would obviously disappear into the distance which which would be legal now so um you know it it could change as as the rules change but uh i think at the minute you know the the more variation in cars the better absolutely i do know there's I do know of another F2 car that will be doing it, Matt, in two years' time, just so you know. I've already had the conversation with the owner. Is it yours? Are you doing it in an F2, Tony? I am not doing it in an F2 car. I did look at doing it in an F2 car for about that long. Gave me a twin (laughs) zone. Jack... Not not this time of day, mate. Not this time oh, of day. Sorry, yeah, sorry, it's, sorry, it's sorry, fine. sorry. It's fine. Um, so uh, just before we, we wrap up RAC, because there's a few other bits and pieces we want to get through before before we, we call time on this particular season, uh, as it were. Uh, Jack, have you got anything else for, for our, our, our RAC boys? Um, no, I've got any other business, but nothing further. Keep for you the, any other business. The RAC boys. Um, yeah. Ryan Champion, how are you for time, coaching, and everything else that you've got going on there? Well, it, yeah, it, that that is all obviously going on at the minute. So, is, yeah, is this it, the point? Is this the point uh, where I'm, you I'm leave us? Turn your it, video it off. Is, I tell you what we could. I tell you. I tell you what we could do, though. Turn your video is, off. Um, you haven't got the bandwidth. Yeah. All right. Okay. My, vid- my video's off. Good. Yeah, you haven't but, got the capacity. Go, go on. I tell you. I tell you what we could do is is we've got. We've got team manager Andy Brown. We've got we've got Diamond here, who was who was on the Porsche as well. Uh, Andy Brown, how many how many RAC rallies have you done in total? Oh, probably eight to ten, I guess. So eight attended the original RAC rallies. How how did the Roger Albert Clark compare to the uh, the old event? Yeah, it was really good actually. It was very, I guess, as close you get to to how it was now. Obviously. All the modern rallies, are central servicing and no chase cars, so it was great to do a, a rally that was back to how they used to be. Uh, and equally tough as they used to be. Definitely. Definitely this year with the weather, for sure. It was uh, it was a, a tough rally, um, very challenging and, uh, yeah, good test for everyone, I think. Um, I have to say a big thanks to Andy as well, because he was instrumental in has uh, been involved in the RAC this year. But uh, uh, Diamond, how many, how many RAC rallies did you do with, with Subaru back in the day? Uh, probably four, four or five. And, and lasting memory of those original events? I've got no memory of those original events. You're not very good at remembering where you were last night, are you? But you are making the tea, which is good. Uh, all right, then. Uh, all right, last memory of this year's event. There's so much good about this event, wasn't there? The weather, everything to do with it, the whole shebang, yeah. No, it's just brilliant. And obviously, the result at the end of it. There you go, a bit, a bit of team insight. I should do that as, as the boys were here. But behind the scenes of Sweet Lamb, and I know, you know what, the, the thing is, because I know Sweet Lamb so well, I kind of know exactly where you are. As you're walking through, I know where you're walking through. So, so yeah. So there you go. There you go. Um, and we've also got we've also got Alan Harriman here today as well, but we can't get his insight because he's sat in Porsche somewhere up a snowy hillside. Go and chase him. Get after him. <laughs> well, he might be back in a, in a couple of minutes, but we'll see how we go for time. Okay. Happy days. Happy days. Are you all right? Are you all right for time speaking of time? Because I'm going to go to some other bits and pieces, a bit more modern stuff that's going on. All right on. for the minute. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt, are you okay to hang around? Yeah, of course. Happy days. Um, uh, big, big. Uh, was it, a, to be fair, we had, we had a, some text yesterday, Jack, um, just coming up to modern day. And obviously the announcement from High Endai Motorsport yesterday with um, Adamo leaving with immediate effect. Um, I was shocked for a split second and then I wasn't. How about you? 
Uh, yeah, probably kind of reflects my feeling as well. I mean, I think the first thing to to get out of the way is that he, you know, he's left by mutual consent. I.e., you know, it's not he's not been sacked. Although the, I think the wording of the press release was quite. Um, it, it it kind of made it sound like he was being uh, pushed out the door politely, so to speak. But um, yeah, uh, he's not been. Uh, it's it's all mutual. But yeah, um, I, I I get what you mean actually, Tony. I thought about it. I thought, oh, didn't see that coming because it's not really been any rumor or any. Um, you know, kind of talk about that in the press or anything like that previously, and then suddenly it just uh, it just happened. But yeah, I think um, you know they're very behind with with the with the test program. Um, how much of that's impacted by uh, the, the crash that they've had in the in the last couple of weeks, and and how much of it was or them already being off track is is kind of up in the air, and, and we're not really sure about that. And then also, obviously, Oitanek's not been able to to perform at the level he did previously when he was at Toyota. So two two key aspects of the the current home and Irene not quite going to plan and maybe uh, Andre's decided to take this uh, opportunity to, to step back and give someone else an opportunity to to oversee the team he'll uh, inevitably be back doing something again soon I think Right, what was your take on it? Ryan Champion uh, It was surprising wasn't it um, obviously out yeah, obviously out the out of the blue Um it's it's difficult, obviously, to to know the full story in, inside the team, but it's not been a good year for them, has it? It, it really hasn't. If you you look at the statistics, Toyota have been have been dominant this year. I think Hyundai did they win three rallies, but um, they never really looked like they were going to fight for the for the championship. It certainly dropped. Um, and you know, we're only speculating. We don't know it's directly linked to that. It may have been personal reasons, but it's it's certainly not been a good year for Hyundai Motorsport and with the investment that they pull into the, the World Rally Championship, they, they want results. I think so. I think so. Matt, what, what, obviously you, you're, you're, you're across everything these days because you have to be, but what was your take when, when, when that press release went out? I think, I think I felt sorry for everybody, to be fair. Um, I think I felt sorry for the team and, and uh, the guys over in Alanew and, uh, and actually Andrea as well because I think we all love the character that he is I think he's the only one that I can ever look forward to uh, you know waiting for an interview from I think I could take or leave anybody else but but when he speaks you listen uh, and, and I think he's a real central character of, of the WRC not just the team I think that the, the whole championship I think he really he, he spices it up so I'm really sorry to 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 see him go uh, and I think it's going to be tough for them you know are, are they going to be able to hit the ground running in 2022, it's always going to be tough when you leave when, when the, the headmaster leaves the office, isn't it? It's it's going to be difficult for them. And you know, I'm, I mean, am I the only one that think M Sport are sitting there eating custard creams while everybody else is like <laughs> just chasing their tails because it's just I, I can tell be... I, can t- I can tell you they're not. <laughs> I can tell you quite well, what's wrong with custard creams. I love them. <laughs> Best Dunkin' biscuit, my opinion. Tonics tea biscuit. Yeah. Hey, that's a new one, best biscuits. But I, I just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's going to be difficult for them. That they, they're going to have to pull something really good out of the bag to be able to sort of be on the ball from the word go on Monty. I would say. Uh, Jack, the other big story, obviously related to, to High and Die, was the, you know, the, 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 the rather nasty accident um, for Thierry. Um, obviously. You know, but both both crew members fine. Obviously, Martin had to have an operation on his on his, on his collarbone, I think it was. Um, but is sure he's going to be back fighting fit, ready for for Monte Carlo. Um, y- you know, you, we we start to see more and more footage now of these cars, and you, they do look fantastic. But you also kind of wonder, well, you know, I'm guessing um, looking at that, there isn't going to be a lot left of that test meal. And you just wonder where they're up to, even with test meals. Well, generally, I think when the the car's broken down that much, it's usually a good sign that it's absorbed the 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 kind of the the pressures of the accident in the in the right areas. And obviously, Martin was was injured, but that where that car ended up, I think. Um, you know, they were both lucky to to get away from that. And uh, I think I've seen a few people online now sort of comparing pictures to Ari Vatanen's Argentina crash in the 205 T16 and, and pictures of, of, of Thierry's car. And uh, I don't see too much different there. It looks like one of those kind of crashes, doesn't it? It's a it's a, it's a real aeroplane accident. And I'm, I'm very, very glad that those two have, have got out all right. But I guess what you were kind of getting at there is it is... Um, 
it's 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 a good time to be having accidents to reassure people that the the cars are safe and are ready to go for Monty. Obviously, it's such a short period of time before we we actually uh, get underway there, and I think it's you know no one wants to see anyone crash, but to to know to have some some kind of uh, some backup knowledge that we know that the car can take the the kind of rigors is is uh, pretty important i think but also you're, you're right when you alluded to parts we are at a point where parts are, uh, are in tight demand um we you know as far as i know Hyundai only had one test car so i'm sure they're behind the scenes now working extremely hard to, to get another one built up and ready but we're we're, we're literally around the corner for monty now and it, it feels like um there's a, a bit of a lack of preparation maybe from from some of the teams but I, I feel like this is what happened before the 2017 cars came to Monty and they they rocked up and were relatively okay so uh, maybe we're just getting our, our tails in a twist about this one potentially. Uh, but it's not just Hyundai is it right? I don't know if you've seen the story um, Toyota had an off um, uh, earlier I think it was last week um, and one thing you know they were happy about if, if you can use that term obviously it was the safety cell um, remained intact. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a traffic light style system. Um, and everything remained intact. So, you know, from their point of view, but you, you just can't help but feel that probably Toyota, um, won't have one test meal, should we say? No, absolutely. There'll, there'll probably be several, several test cars on the, on the go. But like you said, it was, I mean, that, that, accident for Thierry I mean two things firstly it was scary but but secondly it was it was fantastic to see them get out of it and uh, interesting Jack that you should reference uh, Ari Vatanen's Argentina accident because I, I'm a, I've got a man alongside me whose father will remember that accident pretty well um, Alan I guess there was shades of the T16 when he saw the remains of that high and in the river it was yeah looking at it you definitely thought it was parts of a group B car Never once did I think it was a Hyundai, apart from you know, what was written about the article. But it was uh, it's definitely showing that the cars are going far, far away from the road cars. That now you've you've got a lot more world championship, recent world championship experience than, than we have. We just talk about it, but but you've actually been there and, and done it. Um, there's been quite a bit of talk from a core driver's point of view about these new cars. What what have you heard? Them sitting in different positions and safety wise, and and, and what have you heard? I think from a co-diver's point of view, you need to be a certain shape and size to suit the car. They're struggling with packaging for taller co-drivers. And I think you need to be quite agile to be able to get out of them. Uh, Are you that shape and size, by the way? Not anymore. Um, just we're jumping about. I know Tony. We'll we'll just go back. But as we were talking RAC, and we've got Alan here, um, we talked to uh, Mr. Jardine before the rally. We should just get. Quickly, Alan's thoughts. You've done a lot of World Championship stuff recently. You did Monza, you're doing Monty. Um, the RAC Rally, uh, an amateur event, stuck in the middle of all that. But how did it compare to, to what you normally do? It was unbelievable starting on Thursday night, straight into the darkness. Uh, unknown car, um, pretty much an unknown driver. Having sat with Tony for four or five years. And uh, it was a real baptism of fire. And <laughs> driving into the first day, it's only 3.9 miles, I think it was. And uh, within the first mile, there was three cars off, which was a bit surprising compared to, you know, it's meant to be an endurance event. But uh, And then the weather and everything changing. It was, uh, for a first RAC rally, it was definitely a baptism of fire, but uh, I would definitely like to go back again. Yeah, well, that was going to be my question. Would, would you go back again? Because there was a, a real sense of, uh, well, of classic rallying and, and the uh, the adventure element, I should say. Yeah, and to be able to, to give to give the mechanics a chance to keep the cars going. Uh, in this day and age, you know, it's it's nearly up to the drivers and the the engineers who built the car to make the cars you know, reliable. But these old cars, I mean, that Avenger that we had, it was constantly requiring maintenance. Okay, you know, it was brand new, so there was going to be teething problems. But to see the joy in the mechanics face, you know, whenever they fix a car and keep it back into the rally, it's part of the big camaraderie of, of the sport that I remember. Sorry, Tony, didn't want to uh, didn't want to pinch your train set there, but Matt Cotton knows that uh, I can't just go off on a tangent. Um, any, any questions for Alan Harriman while he's here? Go on, Matt. You can you can, you can step up to the fore here. This is your this is your time. Oh God, you put me on the spot. I got to feel like I'm I'm back at the stage end again. Really, um, 
Alan, what was it like um, with Tony? Because obviously Tony's just an experienced, you know, driver. He's been around a long time. He's done many sort of Wales Rally GBs and the likes of. What was it like having that adventure with Tony and being so close to somebody like that for, for sort of five days in the car? I guess there was a lot of soul searching for the pair of you. Well, believe it or not, I met Tony for the first time 1991 in Camel Trophy. Camel, so, and we worked together for three years after that. So I, I was quite used to being in, in close company with him for long periods of time because at that time I think we were away for six weeks. So we actually had a lot of old stories to tell each other from different events. Wow. Can I, can I, can I ask a question, Alan? Yeah. Right. Well, thanks. <laughs> just, just with regards to 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 doing an event like that with Tony and and doing something historic, and obviously you, you're also doing world champion stuff in 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 a lot more modern machinery these days. It's fair to say, even if it is you know a, a rally four spec, you know two two oh eight or whatever it may be. Um, how how far removed is the sport getting now at kind of national level? from the World Championship? Do you mean national level as in the RAC rally? Well, the RAC or, or just gen- rally in general. Yeah, are we just, is it, is, it, is it almost becoming almost like two different sports these days? That's what, that's what I'm getting at, clumsily. I don't think so. Um, running in, in Monza there, it was a bit like doing, you know, two days of a, a multi-venue rally, or single-venue rally, sorry. Um, having the spectators around again compared to last year was fantastic. Um, and the, the big service area obviously suits that Monza place. But the historic RIC is going back probably 30 years now with the way rallying used to be. You know, where you're allowed to work in your cars on, on the hoof. Um, so I, I don't think you could compare the two. Especially, it's nearly like one generation of people apart. The people yeah. who grew up with the World Championship the way it is now, that, that's all they know. We're lucky enough to know different parts of the sport. Okay, okay. I think it, it, it it's just a, it's just a, a, a fascinating tale of of of, of uh, you know having two completely different ends. It's almost like bookends of the sport, isn't it? That you, that you've competed in over the last twelve months. But uh, there you go, there you go. Um, couple of other things, right? Just before, because I'm just conscious of time for you as well, and also signal as well, because it is drifting a little bit. So just I know, and John John Bennett Evans has just walked in. Actually, he's just put another fifty pence in the meter, so uh, we're doing all right. Are we doing? Are we doing okay? Okay. Um, just a couple of other bits and pieces um, I want to get to before we, we we call time on this particular um, episode. Right, um, Jack Bennion, um still Jack. Just before you two get too giddy, Loeb still not confirmed for Monty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, do you know what? Recently, I uh, argued that Auger's had a, a better career than Sebastian Loeb in the WRC, and it, it, it killed me inside. Did it? I think I'm numb to you, Sebastian you, Loeb. You, you were dead behind the eyes as you were delivering I've that. Had to, yeah, I've had to put him into a dark corner of my mind so that uh, it does it's, it's not painful. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I am looking forward to to seeing him on the Monday. I, I think we'll see him there, don't you? Um, do you know what? I'm... I'm really unsure. I was really confident at one point, but now I'm not. Um, so I've, I've Ryan, I know he's got to run. So Ryan, before you disappear, lobe on the Monty, yes or no? Oh, fingers crossed, yes. Okay. Yeah, I want to see it. Not quite as much as Jack Benyon, but I do want to see it. So, so let's fingers crossed. Let's hope it works out. Yes, Ryan, you go and finish. You go and finish. You. you, you working your magic in a Porsche again um, and we will have uh, Ryan, Jack and uh, Trevor Agnew, um back for the quiz before Christmas which I am really looking forward to anyway <laughs> uh, right, stay safe mate uh, I'm going to carry on, on with the boys note, I will go 
Take care. Take care. Um, Matt, before, before we, we, we do start wrapping up, um, Loeb obviously coming back. What's your, t- what's your opinion on, on, on Loeb and even Ogier kind of dipping back in, you know, post retirement? Do you, do you think it's, it's robbing somebody of a seat or do you think it's good for the sport? <sighs> Million dollar question, isn't it? And I know you guys have talked about it at, at length in the past. I don't think it robs anybody. Oh, well, I suppose technically it does, but it, in in my mind, that there's obviously a reason why team managers and and, and manufacturers are looking to these guys to fill those seats. Um, whether that might be funding or whether that might just be that there isn't anybody that they feel right at this moment is capable of doing the job that they want. Do I want to see that? I, I'd love to see it from a competitive point of view. I'd love to see uh, Loeb uh, back in a car in Monty. Will I think that he will deliver? I'm not sure that he will. I'm not sure that he will. And then ultimately we'll all be talking about, well, was it the right move? You know, should we have put Nicholson in that position or should we have put X, Y and Z in there? I just, I just think it, it might be. It might be just a bit of a damp squib. That said, it would be pretty epic when you see his name on the leaderboard, won't it? Um, it, it will. In, in Monty. But, 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 Jack Bengen, I'm going to bring you back. Uh, the fact that Daniel Eleanor retired last week, how much do you think of a, uh, how much do you think that'll have um, in, you know, how much, the, how much of it in the decision process do you think that'll have for, for, for Loeb as well? I think Trevor Agnew will be screaming at his uh, screaming at his phone as he's listening back to this because I've been asked a question about co-drivers and I usually get it horrendously wrong. Um, I think, yeah, I think um, it it will make a big difference to to not have someone like Daniel Alano alongside him, but also he's done a lot of rallying over the years with other co-drivers. Um, you know, in in his obviously not to a WRC level, but um, you know, I think I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a make or break situation for what, you know, what he's able to achieve on the rally. I think if he's, uh, I think he'll achieve what he's supposed to um, anyway. Uh, But yeah, it will be interesting. It's an interesting topic that actually as to, as to what would happen there uh, for the Monty. And uh, obviously it's coming up quickly. So I'd expect we're going to have to find out about this in the next week or two. I think the the announcement needs to be made. I think entry, entry is closed, I think on the 17th. So, uh, this time next week, give or take, um, yeah. we we will know. So there you go. Anyway, um, Matt, um, we didn't tell you to bring any with it, but you might have some. Have you brought in any other business with you? No, oh, God, no, no, I haven't. But I can, I can I can give you some if you like. If I said Malcolm Wilson, Mark Higgins, Gwyneth Evans, and Ryan Champion, what would you say they are? Winners of the RAC. Oh, can you? See, I need to be more prepared next time. <laughs> that, that, I'll be, I'll Not be a bad list of names, though, is it? I'll be, I'll be honest with you, mate. Right, I'm crap at quizzes, which is why I'm always the one asking the questions. So, <laughs> to give you the benchmark of just how poor a question that is, me getting it right within a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the chase list, isn't it? I'm Sorry, mate. Done. Sorry, mate. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So, no, I didn't bring any then. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, that, that is the correct answer. Um, Jack Bengi, you. your A or B for this week. And your final uh, one, your final one for 2021 as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I should have should have brought a better one then, really. Well, well to be fair, to be fair, compared to Matt, it's going to be gold. <laughs> isn't it? I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much better than giving out one of the most polite people in rally and Paul Lawrence uh, shout out on the podcast because it doesn't happen particularly often because we're not necessarily heading into the realms of historic racing or rally and particularly often on this show but Paul did message me after last week to uh, in his typical polite way uh, point out uh, my complaints about the seeding were a little bit harsh so I'm going to uh, I'm going to say sorry to Paul Lawrence and to the to the organizers of the RAC for being so um being so harsh about the seeding of Ryan Champion at 18 last week because uh, I did probably go uh, a little bit over the top No you all, you 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 you, all, you 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 were factually incorrect clearly he should well, have been eighteenth. It was over the Shouldn't over he? the top over top for the sake of comedy, but clearly uh, seeding <laughs> seeding is not something that should be uh, talked about with seeding any sort not of to comedy be joked about. in the UK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, sorry to uh, the organisers if that was a little bit over the line, but uh, I still obviously they they moved Ryan up from eighteen um, after 
the the result on the rally that he had the the previous week of the RAC and did their best to 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 kind of make that accurate. And they do have you know well over a hundred cars to try and seed in performance order, which is very difficult. But um, I still stand by it that I think Ryan was low initially. But um, yeah, uh, just a bit of a bit of an apology to anyone who was offended from the from the RAC rally about my jokes about where Ryan was seeded. Well done. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Well done, Jack. Um, my end of the business was um, mainstream coverage of, of of World Championship on BBC Breakfast. Yes. Which was fantastic with Elvin at Sweet Lamb, ironically, where we've just been with Brian. Um, it was great to see, great to watch, um, and yeah, I just wish there was more of it. Um, the only thing I'd say is that, and I, and I, full respect, I can't think of the guy who was doing the piece. So I, I, genuinely nothing against the guy who's doing the piece because we, we love the fact that he's obviously gone to the efforts to do it. But I always love it. It was a little bit of a throwback for me in the sense of the presenter always has to try and do something comedy related with regards to pace notes. It is a given when anybody does anything in mainstream media, there has to be some reference to the pace notes in a comedy era, in a comedy kind of way, uh, which genuinely always does make me giggle. Um, it was, then, um, go on. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say it was, it was Mike Bushell who did the, it was Mike Bushell. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, thank you because obviously you've, you've gone out and you've done something different and I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. I don't know. Do you know who's the, who the Sleekers was? Who um, was the Sleeker? No, I don't think I do, actually. I should, I should ask Ryan. Ryan would have known. Do you know, Matt? I'm no, assuming you've seen I, it. I haven't, I, no, I haven't seen the piece. It, I mean, I don't know who's, um, who's sleeker it was. Yeah, it was, it was the sleeker and the secure core colours. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there, was, is, there is one about him that, that, that you see at race retro and all the sport occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so it was that car that... that that, that Elvin used uh, and I knew the yeah. section that they were using as well which was quite funny it was downhill section up at the top uh, coming down into a, a kind of a, um, a fast medium right and that, that it's always one of those places if you're doing passenger rides where people get a little bit twitchy in the passenger seat so <laughs> well <laughs> spe- speaking speaking of that uh, Elvin Evans and Jimmy Bullard's uh, uh, shakedown stage came up on my Facebook really, really randomly the other day I have no idea why um but yeah, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Bullard anyway. A uh, big football fan, as as people who know me will know. But have, you, the, have uh, you seen have you seen the video of him where he decides to try and try and have a conversation with Duncan Ferguson after he got? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's 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 a personal favourite of mine as it's, a, it's as a, a blue. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I think we need more of those. Um, I implore the the uh, organisers of rallies to have more um, random celebrities. If you can call Jimmy Bullard a celebrity, I think you can. I think that's better to call him a celebrity. Oh, he was a former professional sportsman, wasn't he? Oh, I agree. I, I think all first stages of all rallies, you should have to take somebody from Emmerdale <laughs> Farm um, on the first stage, which is no matter what. So there you go. Maybe we should start. Matt, can, can, can you have a word with the powers to be at UK Motorsport, please? I'll see if we can get Kane Dingle in uh, for uh, opening yeah. and Clapton or something for you, Tony. Let's see bet, what we can do. Yeah, basically, anyway, Emmerdale, I'll be honest with you, I'll go at a push to somebody from um, from, from 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 Coronation Street. I'm all right with that. Um, nobody from EastEnders, just, just saying. Who watches that? Okay, cool. Uh, and that's the end of, um, bizarrely, um, a, 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 an unplanned uh, absolute rally and, and the final normal one for, for, for this season. So, Matt, thanks for thank, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a, one of our kind of friends of the show co-hosts for this particular week. Absolute honour. Thank you very much for having me. It was a surprise and a, a, a welcome one at that. There you go. Jack, it, it was the least we could do after the absolute rally princess stole your microphone last week. Well, yeah, there was that logic too Diva. as well. Yeah, Diva. he got he got some stick for that, mate. He got some stick for that. I can tell you, um, Jackie Boy Banging. There's just the quiz to do now before the end of this year. Oh, I wonder how you're going to engineer it for me to lose this year, Tony. I'm looking forward to it. You won last year, did I? Yeah, I don't think I did. You did. Fair enough. Because I, I listened to you back the other day. Because believe it or not, <laughs> right? No, honestly, right. <laughs> Whenever I do one, I always listen to the one before just to kind of get my head into what I'm going to do and give me some ideas. And genuinely, I've been writing the, the kind of the plan questions. Now I'm going to do it. And 
without realizing I was about to give you exactly the same as what one of the questions <laughs> I gave you last year is like, how have I even thought that? Why did I think that was even relevant? But still, there you go. My, my favorite element of a quiz show at the minute is uh, Answer Smash on Richard Osman's House of Games. So if, I don't know if you've seen that, but that might be a, a good one to include. No, I haven't. But um, oh, go and have a look at that. It's great. I will do, mate. But it's it's near enough done. Um, the the hard work is done. But Kiel, a killer Kielder are putting in a killer Kielder quiz question. Oh, nice. Yeah, see what I did there. Yeah. So so yeah. So they, they, they there's, there's there's one of those. We've got some listeners who've sent some bits and pieces in, um, and we've got obviously our normal homage to game shows as well. That's all I'll say to you. Very good. Hopefully I understand them. Uh, well, yeah. Do you know what, mate? And, and it's funny enough, <laughs> right? I listened to that one back and I still feel guilty over the fact that I made you go first on the going for gold round last year. Oh, well, I should have, I should have been, I should have been quicker on the, on the spot, shouldn't I? You should. My own fault. It was, it was funny though over the fact that it was so blatantly obvious who it was. Yeah. And you were still guessing at the end going, it's one of two people and you're like, oh, laughing, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was, that was not a good time for me. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm sure um, everyone else enjoyed that, though. Yeah, we did. We we had great yeah. fun with it. We yeah. had great fun with it. But yeah, you were five points down at one point and ended up winning. So just so you know, so you, you actually in. you broke you broke the streak. You broke the Ryan Champion streak. Thank God for that. Yeah, because there's nothing worse in life than a picture of Ryan Champion streaking. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Absolute Rally for this week. We'll be back uh, with the Christmas quiz a little bit before quiz, uh, before Christmas. And don't forget, we've also got the Richard Burns special uh, with our friend John Desborough. That's going to be coming up. Um, be back same time, same place in your podcast hall very, very soon. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.